Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Happy New Year. Didn't get to say it last week, I don't think. So, Happy New Year. Hope you enjoyed the weekend. Hope you enjoyed the evening. Hope none of you ended up in the hospital. About four years ago, about four years ago, I wrote a an article uh, for a local newspaper here in Key West, Conca Life, and the article had to do with the Eiffel Tower. I selected the topic. I selected my approach to the article, the material that was all of my doing. And all it was was, you know, how many screws, how many nuts and bolts, how many yards of steel in the Eiffel Tower, and how the different floors were used, how many elevators, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I happened to be reading about the Eiffel Tower, and I said, gee, I'm interested in this stuff, or it seemed like I was interested in it. And I thought other people might be also, so I wrote about it. And then I was concerned that it was rather mundane, boring, and no one would enjoy it. I received the most comments I did for any article that I'd written in the newspaper, and I'd been writing for them for two or three years already with regard to that article. More people stopped me on the street, because everyone loved these articles I used to write. They stopped me in the supermarket publics, on the street, in the chart room, and they'd say, great article. I really love that story about the Eiffel Tower. And it was nothing but nuts and bolts. Now, why am I telling you all this? Because I want to tell you about Times Square and that ball that comes down. Same type story as the Eiffel Tower, except very, very limited, because how much can you tell or talk about with regard to the ball? But, my friends, let me share with you what I learned about the ball that comes down at midnight on Times Square. It weighs 11,875 pounds. Would you believe 11,875 pounds? It's 12 feet in diameter. That's wild, 12 feet in diameter. And guess what? It's Waterford Crystal. Waterford Crystal. And that thing don't chip or anything. They use it year after year. And if you're interested in how much time it takes to descend from the time it begins to the time it reaches the bottom, 60 seconds. And that is my sharing of my Times Square story with you. Want to go to weather now? I think it's one of the most important stories in the country this week, especially the last couple of days. It has gotten cold. The jet stream has dipped all the way into our southern states. And it's bringing with it Canadian cold. The only way to describe it, Canadian cold. Look what's happened in the last few days. Erie, Pennsylvania, they've had six and a half feet just from two snowstorms. One was four feet, and two or three days later, two and a half feet. Most snow they've ever had at one time, the four feet. That's wild. And I come from country, upstate New York, a city called Utica. 
near Syracuse. And we used to get that kind of a storm maybe every 10 years. And I enjoyed them. I got to tell you, I enjoyed it because that meant you didn't go out for two or three days. You couldn't get on the road. You, you couldn't drive. Uh, and you had to stay home. And the kids were home. School was closed. And it was bonding time again. I'd light a fire in the fireplace. And I had time for the kids. They had time for me. I had time for my wife. My wife had time for me. It was good, healthy time. I miss those times. Uh I spoke with someone from Utica yesterday morning. I got a call at 7 o'clock yesterday morning to wish me a, a happy new year. And guess what the temperature was in Utica? I'm laughing because here I'm complaining when it gets to be 65 degrees, it's cold. And I was told it was minus 16 degrees in Utica, minus 16 degrees. You know, here in Key West, we got colder weather coming. Uh, we'll be in the... We'll be in, we may hit in the 50s again tonight. We were there last night. And for the next two days, we're going to be in the mid-60s by day and mid-50s by night. My dear friends worldwide, that is cold for us down here. Our blood thins. The longer you live here and you don't leave here, your blood thins because of the warm weather. And you feel cold. doesn't take much. Buffalo, which is on the same line going uh horizontally as Utica in New York State, they had a 25-car pileup yesterday. Not uncommon when you have all that snow and you get some rain, you get some sleet, and it gets icy. I've seen 200-car pileups while I was practicing law. because You got involved in them because one after another, they hit on a throughway or a major highway. It's inevitable. It happens. 25 cars isn't too many, but I think a lot of you who don't live in a snow belt will be impressed. I will be impressed that 25 cars, uh, one after another, hit each other. Are we going to get snow in Florida? Well, they're projecting today that maybe we're going to get snow in Florida the next couple of days. Not down in Key West, not in Miami, but in the northern part of Florida, Tallahassee to Jacksonville, and not much, an inch or so. But they're suggesting it's going to happen. Let's see what happens. Modern science is wonderful. Uh, I mean, I look at my friend Terry White, uh, the singer. I refer to her as my lesbian wife. Those of you who read my blogs will understand that. Uh, she's had a bad bolt of cancer for two years. Uh, may still have it, we're not sure. But she went under. She underwent several months of treatment, and about two months ago in uh, Tampa had all of her bone marrow removed and replaced, and her blood also. She had two different kinds of cancer, and then had to be in isolation in a room in a plastic bag, in effect, for a whole month because she had no immunity system afterwards, and they were afraid she might get sick and die. So all I'm saying is. We, every year we go a step further with medicine and in science also. And what I want to share with you tonight has nothing to do with medicine, but I think it's dramatic also. MIT is in the process of a study, and they've been, been doing this for several years now, and it's being financed by the United States Department of Energy. And guess what it's about? They're making light from leaves. In, in other words, the day's coming, my friends, where your table lamp, your lights in your house, uh, electric power in gen general, street lights, lamp lights, they're all going to be fed by products, leaves, 
I'm not going to say spinach, but I'm going to tell you, kale, watercress, argula, and spinach. Isn't that amazing? Uh, Right now, they are producing dim lights and can produce it for as long as four hours. They feel in a matter of a couple of years that those four hours are going to go to ad infinitum in effect, and the dim light will be the light we are normally accustomed to today. There's no question it's going to come, and the greenery is going, and energy is going to come from the greenery, and it's going to replace electrical power as we understand it today. And now, probably not completely, but I'm wondering, what are all these electric companies going to do? Uh, I get very upset. Electric bills here in the Keys are very expensive, extremely expensive, and abuse, in my opinion. Uh, but we got to have it. Uh, I don't remember it that way when I lived in upstate New York and Utica. Anyhow, that's what's coming, my friends, and I think that's a marvel. That is a marvel. We have read recently, we have heard recently, that the richest people on this earth, okay, became $1 trillion richer in 2017. Now, I don't know how many zeros $1 trillion takes, but that's got to be a lot of money. Be that as it may, and I'm not talking about, when I talk about the richest people, I'm not talking about the 1%. This study dealt with the 0.01%, one-tenth of 1%, 0.01% of the population, not even 1%, and that was four times more money than they made the year before in 2016. Isn't that amazing? God bless them. I'm happy for them. I like to see people make money. I wish they'd share it. That's a hell of a lot of money when so many people are out there starving, kids sleeping in cars because they're homeless, uh, don't get enough food. I just don't understand some things. But anyhow, uh, this, it, this past year, 2017 is attributable to the stock market and the record highs. No question about it. And and these people, though, in spite of all the economic, social, and political ills we have, are living good, eating good, et cetera, et cetera. Now, and it's going to get better. Think about what I'm going to say now. They just had their greatest year, this 0.01%, because of the stock market. Well, now we've got Trump's new tax law, which went into effect yesterday, starts working for everyone yesterday, good or bad, it starts working, it started working for everyone yesterday. Well, wait till they get the benefit, the rich, these rich, from the tax plan. They're going to make a hell of a lot of money on top of what they're already making, which proves there is a truth. There is truth to the saying, the rich get richer and the poor, poorer. Okay, staying with money again. A lot of people go to college today. I've always thought not everyone who goes to college today should go to college. And and this isn't a snob thing or anything else. This has to do with money. Uh, We have financial aid, student financial aid. We've had it for years, 20 years, 30 years. Uh, We didn't have it when I went to college in the 50s or to law school. And if you didn't have any money, it was very simple. You worked. (laughs) And most of my classmates worked. You went to school, you worked, you did your homework, you stayed up late, 
And that's the way it was. You had two or three jobs, and none of us felt bad about it. None of us felt hurt. We were glad we had the opportunity to go to college, even though we had to bust our ass on the side to pay for it. Okay, now what's happening? There's all this student financial aid out there, and the government keeps increasing the available amounts every year, and it's easy for these kids to get it. It's almost like just put your signature here. Uh, I wish I could borrow money from the bank that easily as they're, they're borrowing the money. And what's happening is this. The colleges, every time the government says, hey, you can borrow more money, the colleges increase the colleges increase the cost of tuition because the kids can get the money to pay the bill for the increased tuition. Now, this isn't fair. You've got to remember colleges and universities are businesses. They're corporations, my friend. They are businesses, and the bottom line's important. They've got to make money. I was part of this scheme to some minimal degree back in the 1980s when I had a close affiliation with Syracuse University and sat on a lot of committees where we were concerned about raising money for this and that. And you could see this is business, my friends, business all the time. So this is what they're doing. And the cost of going to college is increasing. They drive the cost of tuition up every time there's an increase. Let me tell you what's bad about all this besides. You can't go into bankruptcy. If you can't pay the bill when you get out, most of these kids can't pay it right away. Uh, some of them are 40 years old and still paying it because they owe 40000 150000 They go to professional school, they're going to be over 200000 they owe. That's a hell of a lot of money to have to pay off. So they have to put off. They have to put off. These major life events like marriage, house ownership, and having children. And this just isn't right. And you, again, you can't put it into bankruptcy, so they got you by the brass testicles, if you'll excuse me. And there's no solution in sight. There's no solution in sight for this. This is wrong. Uh, something's got to be done. And if it means cut back on the amounts available. The colleges, because they can't get the kids, they won't have enough money, then the colleges will have to cut back on how much they charge for tuition. It's all supply and demand and everything, and this is business again, uh, because this is wrong. It's a waste of government dollars because the government guarantees these loans, bank dollars. Uh, it's just wrong. It's just wrong, and I feel sorry for these kids. And as I said, a lot of them don't have to go to college. They only go because, hey, I can borrow this money, and I can go to college for two or three years and have a good time partying. Why not? <laughs> Why not? You've heard of Yemen, Y-E-M-E-N, <clears throat> excuse me, Yemen. Yemen's a little country in West Asia. They've been at war for three years. Now, why am I going to talk briefly about Yemen tonight? Excuse me a minute. <clears throat> yeah, excuse me, Yemen. Well, Yemen's doing something that a lot of these countries that we never heard of before are doing when they get into these wars, because there's wars all over the world. And what they do is they recruit children, primarily boys, but in some countries, girls also. They recruit children to serve in the army, to serve as soldiers. Now, Yemen, in three years, has so far recruited 2,122 children to work, to go to war. Okay, That does not include 2017. They have different 
groups fighting in these countries. They've got Islamists, they've got tribal militia, and in Yemen they got a group called Houthi, H-O-U-T-H-I. I don't know what they got to do with everything, but they recruit the most kids. One-third of all the fighters, they don't have big armies, by the way, in Yemen, but one-third of all the fighters are children in Yemen. Now, they're recruiting them as young as seven. Most of them are between 12 and 16 years of age. The, there's an international law. It's a war crime. It is a war crime under international law to recruit anyone under 15 to serve as a soldier in war, but yet they do it. Okay. I want to talk about someone who's stealing from you and me. Uh, they've been stealing from us for years, especially as you get older, they steal more money from you. I'm talking about pharmaceutical houses. Only the banks are worse than the drug companies. The banks are whores. No question about it. Look what happened because of them in 2008, and did they ever really pay? Did anyone go to jail? Did any president of a bank ever go to jail? You know, they, they, they stole billions of dollars and ended up paying a $2 million fine, and the government of the United States says that's okay because we, the banks, are too big to prosecute. Bullshit. Put a couple of bank presidents in jail, and none of them will steal anymore because they don't want to give up the nice things of life, the perks, the three summer homes or vacation homes, the private jets, uh, the, the trips, the exotic islands they visit, uh, the limousine service. All, all goes with the job, okay? So the pharmaceutical houses now. And I'm going to give you an example of what's going on. I do this occasionally because these stories are becoming up more, they're coming up more and more, and our government doesn't do anything about it. Right now, and, and what, 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 the way I look at this is, there ain't no question, hear what I'm saying, there, I'm using the word ain't too, intentionally, there ain't no question, your life is worth every penny you have. Your life is worth every penny you have when you have to go pay for the drugs at the drugstore that you need to stay healthy. Okay, the pharmaceutical houses in America are raping us. I'm not being dramatic. They're raping us. There is a, there was a drug called Lomastine, L-O-M-U-S-T-I-N-E. It's referred to as a veteran cancer drug. It's been around so long, but it's effective. Cancer drug, Lomastine. Bristol-Myers Squibb, for years, they discovered it, invented it, sold it for years, and they sold it for about $50 a capsule. In 2013, they sold the drug rights to Lumistine to a startup company in Miami, 2013, named Next Source. Next Source. They have increased. Next Source has increased the price. Now, they didn't, they didn't put any money in to invent this pill or anything like that. They bought the way to do the pill. So they don't have all this money and years invested in creating the pill. That price since 2013 has gone up nine times. Would you believe it? It now costs $768 per pill. $768 was $50. Same pill, 
under Bristol-Myers Squibb is from $50 to $768. They changed the name from Limestine also, and they call it Gliostein. Gliostein. They should go to jail. That's gouging the public. Okay, I want to talk a little bit about our esteemed President Donald Trump. Um, I have several comments about him. First, I want to say the right thing about Trump. I'm going to say one good thing about Trump tonight. When he's right, he's right. When he's wrong, he's wrong. He's wrong most of the time. (laughs) Uh, He says the media... You know, they they misquote him, they do this, they do that. It's false news, it's fake news. Well, here's a man who's lied, I think, since he's been president. They said 135 times or some number like that. And they prove it. You know, they have these fact-finding groups on TV. The media has come up with the wrong answer or they've misrepresented something four times. I would assume with the media it was unintentional. I don't know. And I believe that a lot of what Trump says when he's lying, he doesn't know he's lying because he's a mental defective in in many ways. The man is a sociopath. He doesn't know he's lying. He doesn't know he changes his story from one day to the next. He he can't comprehend that, but whatever. Uh, So he may be getting a... uh, The papers don't always report things as they are. I used to get a lot of publicity when I was a trial lawyer, and you know, things. I hated talking to newspaper reporters because they didn't print what you said. They print half of a sentence, and the other half had to be in there to make give you a proper understanding. Be that as it may, uh, what do we got going here? Well, what I'm saying is that the paper, the media, TV, the emphasis is misplaced sometimes. The importance is missed. And let me give you a quote by Lyndon Johnson. Lyndon Johnson and what he had to say about the press and how they reported on him. And it's easy to understand what I've just expressed. He said, and I quote, If one morning I walked on top of the water across the Potomac River, I repeat, if one morning I walked on top of the water across the Potomac River, the headlines would read, President Can't Swim. <laughs> he makes his point. <laughs> President Can't Swim. I want to talk quickly also about Donald Trump and what's going on today. North Korea, Jong-un has said he's going to test another missile, ballistic missile. Don't know if it's going to have an atom- a nuclear warhead. And... Uh, So Trump gets involved. Trump hits him with a a tweet uh, saying, in effect, don't do it. He comes back and says, I got the button right here on my desk, okay? And Trump comes back and says, I got a button on my desk, too, and my button is bigger than your button. This is sheer lunacy. (laughs) These two guys are going to get us into war. And it won't be a fun war. It'll be a nuclear war. Maybe that's what we need, a nuclear bomb dropped on this country so we all realize what the hell's going on. Uh, This is terrible what's happening. And you've got two crazy guys saying, I'm the king of the mountain. I'm tougher than you. I can hit you harder than you can hit me. And what's going to happen? One of them's going to freak out one day and press that button. And it won't be healthy for anyone. It won't be healthy for the whole world. 
we could end up in nuclear conflicts all over the world, everybody dropping an atomic bomb on each other. So uh, they should learn to use diplomacy. Not this idiot over there in North Korea, but the one we have in the White House. He, sh- he doesn't practice diplomacy. He does not have a diplomatic staff. He got rid of most of his diplomats, wanted to save money. He could negotiate on his own. He doesn't know how to negotiate. I'm the best negotiator ever. He's full of shit. This guy's a terrible negotiator. And again, my friends, I fear he's going to get us into war. Now, another thing about our dear president, what he said about the Justice Department this past week, you know, he was in that interview. He played golf. He played golf for 10 straight days, they said. God bless him. When I played golf, I would have enjoyed doing that. But he's at Mar-a-Lago. He played golf one day after golf. He's in the the room where the guys have drinks, sandwiches, play cards. And he talks to Michael uh, Schmidt, the key reporter for the New York Times that we see almost every other day on television. And uh, in the interview, he says to Schmidt, Trump says, I can do anything I want with the Justice Department. I can do anything I want with the Justice Department. Well, he can't do anything he wants with the Justice Department. The Justice Department doesn't work for him. The Justice Department works for the people of the United States. The Justice Department works for the Constitution. Their job is to enforce the Constitution, not to do what Donald Trump says. But he thinks he's autocratic. He's he's a totalitarian. I mean, he's Adolf Hitler, he's Joseph Stalin, he's he's, uh, Julius Caesar, Alexander the Great. He's all of these guys. And he thinks he is, too. That's the trouble. He's omnipotent, and he's not. He's got to understand that democracy doesn't give a president absolute powers. And he misunderstands this, and that's why he fired Comey, and now he's going to fire Mueller, maybe. Uh, I don't don't even know what's going to happen. I fear what's going to happen, Uh, and we shall see. Staying with our good president, I think he's an egomaniac, an egomaniac. Now, why do I say that? Recall uh, last this past year, last year, we're in 2018 now, so this is 2017, he went to Saudi Arabia. They kissed his ass big time. I mean, he's riding down the main streets of Saudi Arabia, and on the buildings, they got 20-foot signs or pictures of Donald Trump. (laughs) Can you imagine? It's like somebody coming from Saudi Arabia and going down Fifth Ave in New York and getting the same reception with people cheering on the sidewalks. Uh, so he likes that and the Saudis knew he liked it and they sucked up to him big time and they are our friends never forget this they who gave us $4 a gallon gasoline they are our friends they who were involved but no one ever wants to prove it with uh, 9-11 they are our friends now come the Israelis he made big friends out of Israel when he said hey I'm moving the embassy to Jerusalem this was only, what, two weeks ago. And this was interpreted by the Israelis to mean that Trump, the United States, recognizes Jerusalem as part of Israel. Wow, okay? So now the Palestinians are upset because this has been at issue for over 50 years. Uh, who controls Jerusalem? And... Uh, The Israelis wanted to do something for Trump because this was a brave decision on his part. So what do they do? They announced they're going to build an underground high-speed railway 
that's going to go to Jerusalem, to the west, and it's going to stop at the Western Wall, the Holy Wall. It's going to take four years to build, cost $700 million, and they're going to call the train station at the Western Wall the Donald Trump train station. He's going to love that. Well, I'd like to give him another train station to love. I would take a train station in the middle of the Bronx where the neighbors in that area are primarily blacks and Latinos and take one of those. You guys have been in these subway stations. They're, they're desolate. They're dirty. They're crappy. And name it the Donald Trump subway station in the middle of the Bronx. Let's see what that does for his ego. Okay, I got so much Trump stuff. Oh, whoof, Trump. Uh, it's a good thing Trump does not live in Egypt. Morsi, Mohammed Morsi, former president of uh, Egypt, and nine of his members of his administration were recently sentenced to three years in jail. Just for what? For insulting the judiciary. For insulting the judiciary. Think how many times Trump has insulted the judiciary. He'd never get out of jail if we had a law like that. All right. That's the show for tonight. I hope you've enjoyed it. I've gone back and forth a little bit. I enjoyed putting this together for tonight. Uh, Come back next week if you enjoyed this, and I know you did. I, I love having you, and I love preparing these shows for you. My book, Irma and Me, if you haven't bought it, buy it. It's on on uh, Amazon.com and Barnes and Noble. You will enjoy it. It's the only book out on the Hurricane Irma. It's not sad. It's more humor than sad because you got to take these things in, in a light fashion to get through them. Um, other than that, I have no more to say to you tonight. I thank you again for joining me and look forward to being with you again next week. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.